0: Hi, I'm Jonathan Mann.
1: I'm one of the many mats.
0: And this, is, diddly, did, uh, and this <laughs> is Digitally Rare, a show about digitally <laughs> owned things now and after The Merge.
1: Ooh, The Merge. We're talking about Ooh. The Merge? Let's go. We are a little
0: bit, yes. Okay. Cool. So... We're very honored and uh, excited to have Kyle McDonald here on the pod. Kyle, welcome.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be here.
0: Yeah. Kyle, I first became aware of you. I think you were like tweeting about, I think it actually, you know where it was? Probably like Jonathan Kumi. Mm. I think might have t- retweeted you, and I I followed Jonathan Kumi because of his appearance on Interdependence, which is mm. Matt and Holly's podcast, which you should go listen to, where he was talking about the the ways in which nobody was studying blockchain emissions, blockchain like mm. CO two emissions in the right way. He sort of he sort of wrote this whole paper. Uh, co-wrote this whole paper about like Here's all the ways in which people are getting this wrong Or like at least they're just not doing it right They're just not like studying mm-hmm, it correctly mm-hmm. And then he tweeted He was like oh here's this guy Kyle Kyle's doing a project Where he is studying it correctly He's doing the oh, hard or, 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 work remember
1: what we're talking about Yes <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Kyle is doing the hard work to put together All the different pieces It's so complicated and all these different things And so then I was so excited to listen to your appearance on interdependence, which is a great episode. Please go listen to that because you guys go deep, deep, deep into your Ethereum emissions, a bottom-up estimate Mm -hmm. thing. Can you give us the TLDR on that, like, just so we have a a surface-level understanding of of what that was?
2: Yeah, totally. So a lot of the previous... Estimates for Ethereum's emissions have been in this what's called top down way, where you basically say, okay, what's the hash rate of Ethereum? How much of that is, how much of the block rewards are going to miners? What are they actually getting paid? And we're going to use that to make an economic argument that they spend about 60% of their. 60% 60% of their income on electricity, and then what would that actually correspond to in terms of energy usage? You can do it another way. Instead of starting with their block rewards, you start with the hash rate and then look at the kind of GPU hardware and all the other different mining hardware, you look at the overhead for data centers, you look at where the data centers are located and what kind of energy mix is used, and you can work up to an energy estimate and emissions estimate starting from the hash rate instead of working down from the from the block rewards. And it turns out I got something that was actually very much in line with previous estimates. There are some outliers in this space, like uh, Economist, Alex DeVries, he has some very high estimates recently for Ethereum's energy usage. I don't know that he's completely wrong, but it's just higher than what I got. A lot of the previous estimates are about what I've seen, which say that Ethereum uses about 27 terawatt hours a year which is roughly the same size as like a small country like Ecuador or you could say it's you know about twice what all of Google uses every year which includes YouTube and search and translate and email and all of that but the big difference of course is that Ethereum's processing about 15 transactions per second and Google's serving about 50,000 YouTube videos every second yeah. so this is a really kind of big discrepancy and when it comes to the emissions from the research I did, I found that Ethereum is probably a little cleaner than uh, the global average, but it's not really so especially clean or especially renewable that it makes all of this negligible. We're still talking about uh, an industry proof of work in general is an industry that's about the same as like the entire private jet industry, and there's about the same number of people using private jets as proof of work.
0: T L D R TLDR, yeah. it's bad. TRBL, yeah. it's like, it's not, you know, not it's great, man. Not feel, great. Feel, feels bad. Feels yeah. bad, dude.
2: Yeah. It's a complicated system, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and I like your discussion on, on independence about, like, comparing things is really hard you know it's like Mm -hmm. because you say a small country but then it's like also states you like a a, a united as just massachusetts massachusetts Massachusetts, exactly right it's the same
2: as ecuador so we have really kind of difficult it's really difficult to make these comparisons for a lot of reasons like yeah we you know someone says oh this is like this many years of emissions or this many months of emissions from one person to do an nft but when you talk about one person like someone living in the us has about 20 tons of co2 they emit each year whereas someone living in india is like under two tons right yeah there's huge global disparities as well and we, yeah, in in this space, when we're talking about emissions, we don't really think about those disparities. We're just like, yeah, well, it's like this much of this other thing that I'm already comfortable doing, but it turns out that other thing is already also really bad compared yeah. to what everyone else in the world does.
0: It's just yeah. all bad. It's just all bad. Let's just, yeah. let's just get that out of the way. and but But also, you know, it does make me feel bad, like, minting my songs every day on Ethereum. I definitely, like, have a moment where I'm like, ah, fuck, you know, like... Just in the same that I do, if I ha- if I eat chicken or something, or if I eat a burger or whatever, I'm like ah fuck,
2: and mm. I eat the burger. You know
0: what I mean? It's like it's you know I don't we, know.
2: We could talk about that. I just ran a crypto group therapy session at an art festival. Cool. <laughs> oh man, Wait, that's really cool. We literally got. Out? It was, yeah. it was amazing. I mean, we literally, like, we worked with the psychologist to like prepare the wow, session we had like, cool. t- you know, 12 people in there and just kind of went around and we're like, you know, I'm so-and-so, like yeah. I've minted on Ethereum and someone else <laughs> like, you know, we love you. <laughs> like, I've been minting um, for five years. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. We had someone who's like, you know, I'm so, I'm like a, hi, my name's, my name's Matt. I'm a Cardano bro or something yeah. like, this. like wow. it's okay, Matt, we love you. But no, it was, it was that's really that's good. So interesting. Yeah, it I think there's a lot of feelings people have that we don't really get to talk about in this space because Mm -hmm. it's a lot about being right and it's about, it's a lot about kind of finance and economics and it's about, you know, technical arguments and people knowing or not knowing or having done their research and like... I don't know. I think we need to do a lot more like research inside ourselves. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: we need to feel this Look out and like talk to each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, tr-
0: it's true, though. There, there are real. There are like real. Yeah, you're, I think that's. It's funny, but it's also very yeah. true. It's like it just goes. Maybe this is maybe even more generally, but but certainly in crypto, you know, there's a real sort of like the introspection is 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 important
2: yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent. and i think it can be really useful too because there's a lot of issues that crypto brings to the table that are really just kind of amplified or accelerated versions of issues we're already really familiar yeah. with you know whether it's about climate change or it's about wealth inequality or it's about the f- things like anxiety around inflation or all of this I, stuff it just i
0: have one i have one which mm. is and i'm wondering if this came up which is which is, and this is, you This is exactly right. It's an acceleration of something that we already have. Which is, we have. You know, I've been I've been writing a song a day since 2009. So my my metric for for 14 years has been views. Right, my metric has been how many views in my video. Oh, that person that person's getting way more views than me. I'm getting less views. I'm getting more views. The views make views can like make my mo- mood go up, or they can make mm. my mood go down. Now. No. Now I have a floor price. Now I have. Uh, now I have this fin- like this like <laughs> real financial. I'm like, oh, their floor price is higher than mine. Like my floor. Oh, my floor price is going down, and like ah, uh, you know, now I have this like weird. <laughs> it's like worse. It's worse because it's like hard no, it's financialized hard yeah. dollars. Yeah. You know, right. versus just. Yeah, that's yeah, and very this is this
2: is really incredible. common in crypto, and I think this is like I just finished this book Debt by Yo, David Graeber. Yeah, and I need to read that.
0: I need to read that. Yeah.
2: He talks a lot about kind of how money evolved and what it has done to us and the way that we've maybe moved away from more like credit based systems where there's a little bit of ambiguity about kind of a one for one equivalence and towards Mm -hmm. more systems where we're like, okay, this thing is worth this many duckles or whatever. And this thing is worth that many duckles. And there's a kind of violence in that. Like once you start Mm -hmm. equating things in like exactly the same terms, it really reduces them to being somehow abstract. Directly equivalent when actually, like what people are getting out of your songs cannot be reduced. You know, it can't. You can't put a number on it. I mean, you can, (laughs) but then they do. And we have the magic of capitalism. Exactly. And there's always a number. (laughs) Exactly. It means something really different. I've been talking about a friend with this. Talking with a friend about this recently, like what cannot be sold by capitalism, and mm-hmm. we've been really having trouble coming up with something. Oh, we we're like, what about like depressing. what about like the feeling of like new love? And we're like, actually, now some sex workers are really good at that. <laughs> yeah, um, have you seen digital I,
1: zones? You can sell the yeah. vibe of the color blue. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing. No, it's. I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, money is just such a it was single dimensional thing, and it's also wrapped up in a lot of contextual things, but it's like, yeah, it 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 is the the lowest common denominator, so to speak, of valuing something. Mm. But in that way, it everything is divisible by it. Where it's Mm -hmm. like, I can't yeah, I also don't know that I've thought of something that like someone could not put a number against.
0: A mother's love.
1: Yeah. So this is where it gets interesting. Love. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Okay. And I think this is true. And
2: the closest we got is we got the idea of a gift because mm. the thing is once mm. you put a number on a gift, it's no longer a gift. Okay. Right. Okay. And a mother's yeah. love is kind of in that category of being yeah. a gift. totally. And I think that's, it's really interesting. It's like actually gift culture, which the arts is really embedded within Mm. and kind of contingent upon. Gift culture is genuinely in opposition to kind of capitalist monetary uh, economies. Absolutely. And I think there's space for that that we need to explore. And some people in crypto, I think, it's like they get really excited when you get the chance to like get a gift in the space. But (laughs) it's so complicated because then you can just turn around and flip it. Yes, (laughs) yes,
0: yes, absolutely. Yeah we, we had we we we've had another crypto critic on Molly White uh, she of hmm. uh of web three's been great we talked a little bit about like wikipedia which, mm-hmm. which she's yep. a, she's an editor of and like the ways in which Money, yeah. money corrupts that system and, and and how the majority of people don't do it for money but there are people who get paid to do it and that's like
1: and that changes messed, the incentives yeah yeah i feel like that's the pattern of the sort of like what is anti-capitalist is a situation in which adding money destroys the thing which mm. um should be more things but is quite a few things <laughs> around like especially you know like, um, I don't know, playing video games, right? It's mm-hmm. like, Oh, now I'm paid to click farm in runescape and that changes the thing. Yeah, or it's just a, a job. Your yeah, are exactly like, yeah. Like I feel like gaming is actually a really poor candidate for being hyper financialized. And yet here we are,
0: <laughs>
1: but, um, yeah, totally like the gift economy. And this is kind of what, uh, David Graeber talks about is, is something that like blew my mind. And, mm. and I highly recommend if, if, any listener doesn't have the time for the full book, the um, one and a half hour lecture at Google that he did, um, I think in 2014 is, is incredible as well. There's another, there's another great book
2: in this category, which is uh, the gift creativity and the artist in the modern world by Lewis Hyde. Mm. And he talks really just throughout that book, just about gift cultures and what the relationship is to artists and why artists are sort of naturally embedded in the gift economy and how that's at odds with the monetary economy that we find huh. ourselves totally. living within. Like I still have to pay rent, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. just give people Isn't gifts and up? then yeah. expect <laughs> to live off that.
1: Yeah. it's fucked Wait, up. well, that's a great question. I'm, I'm interested in your take on like, financialization or or art in the age of financialization and like the history Mm. of art as like completely separate from capitalism. Artists are supposed to be this beautiful, independent, pure thing Mm -hmm. producing art that is pure (laughs) and independent uh, from the nature of the world that it lives in. And now we've always knew that was bullshit and are now like realizing even more that like (laughs) artists can be financialized with their work and NFTs and this whole trend. What are your thoughts on that? As a, yeah. as an artist, as yeah, someone who thinks, yeah. Populous. So this.
2: So I am just an artist. I'm not like an expert anthropologist or economist or any of these things. But so I can kind of speak from my position. But crypto has also helped me see some of this a little bit more clearly. I I used to have a really vague idea of like how I wanted the arts to be supported. And the more that I see this kind of financialized version of artists being supported, the more I realize actually what I'm excited about is more about public support for the arts, where Mm -hmm. it's not about how much attention you can get. And it's not about how rare your thing is it's really just about how important it is that artists are making art and continue to make art the same way that I don't think that I don't think that health insurance should be a thing. And I don't think that the healthcare system should be privatized. Like, I don't yeah. think that art should be made primarily by, you know, for the contemporary art market or for the NFT right. market. I, th- I think that we need to actually like build up better public infrastructure for supporting this kind of work. Totally. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to mint on Ethereum, your songs every day. Like you should yeah. be able to do this because it's important and you love it. Totally. And that's, it sounds maybe utopian, but I mean, it also sounds utopian right now in the U.S. to imagine like a single payer yeah. healthcare system. So, I
0: mean, that's <laughs> one want. I think, we that's, of, for what I we think want.
1: that's a graver quote. Actually, is he says the great secret of the world is that it was made and could have been made any other way. Yeah, right. And even if it seems utopian, it was just as possible a future, and we implicitly or explicitly decided not to have it, which makes it all the more tragic. Um, yeah, yeah. And,
0: and it's worth noting, like in other countries where the welfare state is much more robust, even if they don't have great, which most countries that have a have a better welfare state than us do have a better public art mm-hmm. thing than mm-hmm. we do. But even if they didn't, just having that base layer of like whatever, like. If you're destitute, like you're going to get get something, you can survive. It gives, you know, it just leaves the the room for people to make art. In a way yeah. that we just do not have in this country, like one hundred
2: percent, and it leaves the it leaves room for people to kind of reject and rebel the status quo as well, which yes. is like one of the impo- yes. most important ways that we can actually have social change. I mean, people were yeah. talking yesterday for other complicated reasons about what it would look like for uh, teachers to go on strike across the country, right, right? for like a week, let's say. And it sh- you think about that, and you're like, no, we just actually that's not an option. Like, there's no, there's not really the bargaining no potential, room. and there's yeah. and there's no support net for teachers to even do that in the first place that's why you can have like folks in france like just go on strike every other day because there is a support network and then you can actually get things done but it's it's interesting i don't think nfts are going to be that support network for artists but it is interesting to see in let's say the last year i think maybe 2021 there was about a billion dollars in primary sales going to artists in the kind of crypto art space not necessarily like including collect all the collectibles but on places like Foundation and and Bowl where, you know, artists are doing more like Mm -hmm. one of ones and that kind of thing. Um, And that's actually kind of similar to the entire public arts funding in the U.S., Mm -hmm. like at the state, local, and federal level. It's about a billion dollars. So this is... you can see that and say like, okay, that's big. And then also, well, that's also just the U S like, right. Totally. You know, if you look at the rest of the world too, if you look at European and Japanese and Korean and Mm -hmm. Chinese arts funding, it's like, there's a lot more going on.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, You can also take that as like, Oh, the public should just be better about that. Or like the public goods funding should be higher. Right. And maybe we
2: should just like tax billionaires more. (laughs) (laughs) Like maybe we could get the extra billion. God
0: forbid. God forbid. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Matt, did you want to
1: say something else? No, it was just resonating with like, I feel like one of my, I don't know. I feel like more people should be able to just do like that safety net should exist in a way that I'm not forced to choose a path of life that lets me, not lets me, but like allows me to exist in the capitalist system. I feel like um, a lot of decisions are made externally for people. People like no one wakes up and is like, well, not no one. But I, I imagine very few people wake up and are like extremely self-actualized and fulfilled doing uh, whatever it is they're doing to survive mm-hmm. today. And it that just feels very existentially tragic to me. And yeah, so it would cool Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. It'd just be cool if that didn't happen as much and more people were like, yeah, I want to make a song every day or I want to like make this very exactly. small thing for this. like I want to make one person's day better. And like that, you know, that's all they have to do and they feel good about it. Um, like there's no like external pressure or really necessity to, um, like, yeah, do more. I don't know. Yeah,
2: totally. That's the world I want to see. That's, that's. Kind of, I mean, most of my work in this space so far has been really emissions focused, but when we talk about emissions, we really quickly get to, okay, well, Ethereum's going to switch away. There's all these other proof of stake chains. Like, what about crypto more broadly? And so I've had to kind of reflect on that too and learn a little bit more about what I'm actually looking for in the world. Mm. And this is a complicated situation. Like, they're, like I do want artists to be supported. I'm really happy that like a few of my friends are buying houses for the first time because they figured out how to make this work for them. Totally. But at the same time, I'm really concerned about, I'm concerned about all the hacks. I'm concerned about mm-hmm. the fakes and the crypto mm-hmm. uh, copy minting. I'm worried about like the way that I'm worried about the way that crypto is used to fund terrorism or launder money or, you know, for casino style speculation or like the way it's so individualistic sometimes and it doesn't really recognize the interdependence we have on each other. It's, you know, I think that the having this system that's like for replacing our financial infrastructure, but it doesn't have any undo buttons and there's no, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) there's no one that you can call for customer service. Like that's, there's some difficulties here. Like, that this proof of personhood thing that some people have tried to figure out of like, okay, mm-hmm. well, if we want to really have real governance or we want to have real representation or real UBI or something, and really no one seems to have been able to figure out how to actually do that where a person can be a person and not just a wallet, like these are real issues and I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to fix them. It might just be inherent to like what? how crypto works. I sometimes, I sometimes I feel myself like falling on the Bitcoin bro side with like maybe <laughs> all the Web3 stuff doesn't make sense. I'm not <laughs> sure Bitcoin makes sense, but <laughs> I'm really uncertain no, about totally. Web3. Yeah.
1: No, there are absolutely days in which I, you know, I mean, I think that's the, one's personality is sort of the average of how they feel, I suppose. But like there are days in which I'm like, oh yeah, a lot of this is a mistake. And then there are days where I'm like, ridiculously optimistic yeah, (laughs) and it's like, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to modulate those, I suppose. Um, Yeah. And
2: and it's also, it's also not, it shouldn't be our job to modulate them. We need to also Mm. recognize like our, there is like PSYOPs on us right now. Like we're, we're being directed in many different ways to think and feel about this and Like a lot of this is still really paid for by venture capital. Like this is just when you decentralize infrastructure, does not mean that you decentralize power. Power, Like there's, this is still like, because of those interests, we are being like told to think and feel a certain way about this. And it shouldn't be our job to just say, oh, you know, I need to be optimistic or pessimistic. Like we, (laughs) we need to fight back in maybe deeper ways than just like having a good or a bad feeling that day totally I,
0: w-a-g-m-i I man
2: w-a-g-m-i
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know the the place where i've landed and we've talked about this a lot with molly white is like is like just how limited the actual use cases for blockchain are mm, right mm. where 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 this vision of blockchain everything is dumb and is like mm-hmm. and it is, is a little is a little naive and a little bit like you know it go you know go t- 2017 is is the time when both Matt and I sort of got involved in this space and and back then certainly like like that was the the cry right that was the I remember that very clearly being the rallying cry and it sort of continues right or it's like let's put medical records on the blockchain right. let's right. put let's put your house on the blockchain let's put this <laughs> on the you know it's like no 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 like stop like like there's a very limit you know like the idea of the okay, I was thinking about this, right? Like, shit's getting bad, right? And someday mm. I may want to flee the country and go to Canada. My mm. wife is, my wife has Canadian citizenship, my kids do too. So, like, maybe that would be a possibility. That's sick. So, let's say, like, let's say the let's say, like, the then and, and I'm saying this facetiously, but I also like part of me like really believes this is possible. You know, I live in like Connecticut, let's say, like, the right wing wild militias are like roaming the streets and like, we need to like leave the house in a hurry. We, you know, we're not going to like sell our house. We need to go to Canada in an instant. You know, right. there, I take some comfort right now. I really mm-hmm. do, knowing that as long as I have my phone and my laptop with me and I have my private keys, I can take a large amount of our wealth with us. Like I can go mm-hmm. to Canada, we can start over and it's like, Even if these militias take over the banks and they take over everything, like I have this money that is mine and they can't touch it. That to me, and again, I say that facetiously. I I say that facetiously in that scenario, but I I don't know. I'm Jewish. It Mm -hmm. like it 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 seems conceivable to me now more Mm. every day, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That as a use case
0: seems to me to, to be to be worth all these horrible trade-offs right, that we talked totally. about. like that specifically is like one use case that I can think of that mm, like seems right. worth it.
1: And this is yeah. like, Oh, sorry. It, t- it feels like it ties into, um, you mentioned like no undo button. It's like one of those things where the no undo is really valuable for a subset of things. And you can build undo on top of no undo. And sort of similarly, you can build non-private, Infrastructure on top of private infrastructure, but mm, you can't mm. necessarily do the opposite. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and yeah. so it feels like starting from the bottom is is very much like from these like hardcore principles feels worth it. In to Jonathan's point, yeah, I I think for me the question is like what
2: really are those hardcore principles at the bottom. I mean, this is founded on this, like, very libertarian, very, like, medalist idea of, like, how money, sh- what money should be and how it should work, that it shouldn't be something that we have a kind of collective say in, but that it should sort of be, let's say, designed correctly or soundly from the beginning, and then that's enough. I'm not really sure if that's the way that mm. money's supposed to work. I think, actually, we do want to have a system where, we, like, we all have a say in it. And also, Jonathan, to your point, like, I... I, that may be a valid use case, like, and I don't, but I want to focus on like, like your anxieties are real. I don't know that the solution is correct or, it's the, or that it's the best solution, but like there are a totally. lot of anxieties here that are very real and I don't want to dismiss any of the anxieties. Um, I mean, there are real anxieties, like I was saying around, you know, like rising inflation or around having control of your uh, your money instead of being worried about it being kind of taken from you. And I think a lot of those anxieties come from like real social problems that we need to address. Mm, And mm -hmm. I don't know that they're really going to be fixed by technical solutions, unless we come up with technical solutions that sort of like decouple us from each other and Mm -hmm. become like kind of hyper individualist. And I think when, you know, you're feeling like, okay, I can at least take my wallet with me, my private keys. Part of what you're saying there is like, okay, at least I'm good by myself, right? Like, it's not about anybody else. It's like me and my family and like, I can make it work for us. And that's like, I feel like really happy to hear that on one hand, like, great. I'm glad for you, Jonathan. But also like so sad because it's like, we've really just given up on each other. Like, we're not really in this together anymore. And I think that's something that crypto has kind of reaffirmed for me is like, I'm maybe actually not an anarchist as much as I thought I was. I think I'm more of a socialist. Like I think I do actually want us to all be in some kind of shared boat together that we're trying to figure out how to kind of point in a similar direction so that we can kind of work together for all of our good instead of really just like letting everyone sort of kind of take their rowboat in the direction that they think's best. I I think we've got to do something together here.
0: I, you know, I think about it and I, I, I agree with you. You know, of course, like like, and I I don't say what I'm saying like sort of like I said sort of facetiously, sure, right? But like or, or glibly, I guess. But like, uh, <laughs> there's a kind of like, and and this is a question I've been asking myself a lot lately, especially like thinking about other countries, thinking about thinking about like what does it take for people to actually flee? What does it take mm-hmm. for one when, when someone makes the decision to 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 to, to pick up? To pick up and, like, I'm going to go away from here now because it's – because it's – because of whatever. Because I, I I fear for my safety. I fear for my family's safety. Right. And do I stay – do I – you know, what would t- take for me to stay and fight? And what does that look like? What does that even mean? Like, I, I just – these are questions, I think, as, as, like, living in whatever the imperial core as we are, like, mm. the – the the you know i always think about like star star trek or something like mm. living in, in, in the center of the federation or whatever mm. or i guess that's the good version of it the, the, the bad version being like the, the center of the empire something we've never had we've you know we've never had to really confront and so i like to think that i would do what you're saying is like mm. and i would stay and like and like try to help the community but mm-hmm. i also feel like if shit mm got serious enough my right. fight or flight thing would just be like nope we're out like yeah and i and think I, that's
2: already being triggered for us in a lot of ways like that's yeah, what's right. happening is our fight or flight you know a, a piece and whatever it has feels been, like it's happening social
1: now. yeah the social like uh rowboat thing is a is not something that currently exists and so it's mm-hmm. hard to imagine a world in which you could rely on it? I mean, it Um,
2: does. It's just, it's really leaky and it's sort Mm. of being like driven by corporations. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So (laughs) there's sort of like, you know, big oil companies and, and uh, they've got like the engine on the back and their hand on the tiller and uh, they're sort of pointing (laughs) us the direction they want to go. And we're sort of like, nah, I don't think that's where we want to (laughs) go. So I, I think there's I'm a little bit more excited about like kind of a mutiny than I am about like jumping overboard.
1: Uh Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely think, and that's a great point. I think my perspective on technology has also shifted over the last few years to realize that most problems are really social coordination problems. Mm -hmm. And my hope for technology, my optimism, I think now resides primarily in its ability to scale any solutions we do come up with in terms mm-hmm. of like social coordination? Because mm-hmm. it does seem to break down at scale very quickly. It's like one person is perfectly coordinated within themselves. Well, mm-hmm. mostly. Yeah and, uh, we have seen, a second. yeah, and we have seen yeah. some real
2: solutions within yeah. tech, like around open source, for example. Like totally. there are some new tools and technologies that have actually increased social coordination totally. around version control and some other... Like communication systems, public
1: goods that exactly contribute to yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've seen
2: the same kind of scale after you know whatever we have now. Maybe like say five, six years of some version of Web three. I'm not mm -hmm. seeing seeing the same scale of impact. But also, it took you know what let's say twenty years for to get from free software to GitHub. So totally, you know, yeah,
1: yeah. Like there are things like Wikipedia, for example, a great you know Mm -hmm. sort of the canonical example, which are like not only did this not exist before it really couldn't have until you got to like solve this social coordination problem, which I guess in Wikipedia's case is this impressive amount of like Wikipedian clout that you get with mm. within the inside for editing. But it's like, that was the, you know, sort of the incentive that made this coordination thing work mm-hmm. um, at, at scale at like Wikipedia scale. And so that, that feels very, very neat, but yeah, definitely feeling like more of my, More of what I want technology to do is bring me more and more locally, Mm -hmm. like, um, especially like physically present rather Mm -hmm. than apart, especially like after two weeks of quarantine metaverse nonsense, I was like, okay, well I'm never doing that again. It's just like, yeah, it feels like a, a refocus.
2: Yeah, I'm really curious if it's even possible for the kind of crypto to do that local thing. It's not clear to me because it's sort of like designed to be boundless and non-local. Right. right. But I think I'm my head's sort of in the same space. It's like how do we refocus on, you know, what is the what is the Kanye post? It's like I'm here to make real <laughs> I'm here to make real stuff. Don't ask me about making an minting an <laughs> NFT. That's uh, pretty funny. You know, he says like, oh here, I just sent it to someone yesterday. Yeah, he says, here we go. He says, I'm my focus is on building real products in the real world. Real food, real clothes, real shelter. Do not ask me to do a fucking NFT. (laughs) Damn.
0: Ask ask me later. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Ask me later
1: when I'm done Um, making real things. Exactly. On (laughs) the
0: local on the local side, I listened to and actually the guy who is responsible for my my journey down the rabbit hole, as they say, Ethan Buckman of Cosmos of Tenderman and Cosmos. I don't know if you've you've run across him, Kyle. No, not yet. His whole thing is hi- is hyperlocal mm. uh, uh, stuff. It's a it's a it's a sort of a universe of blockchains, kind of uh, uh, envisioning like any. I'm not going to do it justice, but like I want to actually have him on the pod sometime because I think he, and and I think you should see, seek out some of his videos and stuff. Like he he'd be someone that you could look at and see what he's doing in terms of like a, a squaring the circle between crypto and local. It's an really interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. Let's. I don't um, know. I mean, and this is also really connected to you know this uh, project. One of the projects I want to talk with you about today, yeah. which is. I'm working on sort of looking at how it would, how to make things right with Ethereum in the NFT marketplaces when yeah. the merge happens. And the, <laughs> the solutions there have a kind of locality to them. Like they are on planet Earth. They are yes. something that's happening here in the atmosphere. That's where the emissions are. They have a place and there, there's a way to make change in that place. yeah So
0: I, I love this project so much. Yeah, I love this idea so much. Take us through it. Take us through, like, yeah, maybe just describe the project first and then we can get into, like, how you formulated it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, totally. So the project's basically, it's sort of, I'm holding up a mirror to the crypto space and the carbon offset space at the same time. And the idea is to sell the emissions of Ethereum art NFT marketplaces as art objects so that if someone wants to, they can literally buy... emissions of open sea or they can buy the emissions of bull and in the act of buying them they are actually going to sort somehow let's say make the make the damage right like kind of account for the damage account for the historical harm of these systems on the atmosphere with given the emissions that are tied to the mining process of maintaining ethereum and so the whole process there of like going through ethereum's emissions was really designed to lead up to this project of like figuring out what the emissions of these nft marketplaces are well so you had this
0: idea even like as you were working on (laughs) figuring out the emissions of ethereum this was sort of your you had this art project as an end goal oh neat yeah and it started
2: that. that way because you know the reason i got interested in this was kind of connected to an earlier project from another artist named memo Acton called crypto where yep. he built a tool for artists to sort of audit their own emissions footprint but then it got kind of misused and abused yep. f- by yep. artists to sort of shame each other for having this footprint in the first place i i,
0: I would i sadly i would credit that website for mm. for the kind of like you know now reflexive hatred that exists within the the sort of non nft community yeah there was and i know a, that wasn't his intention at yeah, all yeah
2: right there was definitely a moment there with he had a write up about it he had his website there was also everest pipkins great right. article which i still think is awesome but there was a lot of you know there's a lot of complex hand-wringing hand-wringing in that moment that really divided the arts community into kind of two camps of or three camps, depending on how you see it. There's sort of like the anti-NFT, there's the clean NFT, and then there's the sort of, I'll keep my head in the sand for now camp of we're going to keep, you know, minting on Ethereum until something better comes along or until the liquidity moves to another chain or something like that. And yeah, and that divide, those divides are still there. And part of why I wanted to work on this is because I had this, I'm, I'm an artist, like I'm part of an arts community. And ultimately I want us all to kind of Find ourselves through this and onto the other side and still be together somehow and not have this kind of like, (laughs) you know, yeah, yeah, big rift and like kind of history of shame or guilt. That's like keeping us apart from each other. It doesn't mean that we can't hold the people who are responsible accountable, but it means we need to identify who those people are correctly. And I don't think it's other artists. I think it's the people who are profiting the most. And in the case of Ethereum, it's the it's the marketplaces and the exchanges also to some extent, like when you want to actually withdraw your, Ether or your Tezos or whatever like you know the people who are profiting are like the 1.5% that Coinbase or Gemini gets every time and the 5% mm. that OpenSea or Rarible or Foundation gets every time and I think that's where we need to kind of point the torch and the uh, <laughs> torches let's say yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, yeah. exactly and uh, yeah and that's what this project's about is I wanted to take the kind of heat off of artists because yes like we mm-hmm. do have individual responsibilities we need to understand like the damage and the harm that we are culpable with and complicit in in the world but if we want to be effective in creating change we need to identify like what the levers are for actually creating change um yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, and if you look in the climate space, like, it's always been the case that big organizations have sort, sort of shifted the blame onto the individual. Yes. And if you look yes. at Rarible, yep. it's a really interesting case of that. Like, they have they basically partnered up with an organization so that you can whenever you mint on ethereum you get this little pop up that says like remove my carbon and if you click on it then you can pay you know 20 bucks to get a ton of co2 removed from the atmosphere which is approximately you know accounting for uh, for what your nft might incur in terms of emissions that's really just the way that I mean, even the concept of like the emissions footprint was literally invented by Ogilvy (laughs) for BP in 2006 or something like as an ad campaign to deflect responsibility from themselves onto the individual consumer. So I really, part of this project is I wanted to work against that idea that, oh, we need to just kind of like be responsible for ourselves here, which is also part of the sort of individualist ethos of the crypto space. And I think we need to get away from that a little bit and say, no, let's look at these corporate and actually hold them to some, like if we can't even hold them directly responsible, let's at least frame it as being their, harm that has been done here. So I've got these three NFTs. They're each minted on the marketplaces that they're sort of atoning for, making amends for. The project's called Amends. And the one that's on OpenSea, where most of Ethereum's NFT activity is happening right now, would cost about $16 million. At the moment, 16.4. And counting up, I'm looking at the counter on my site. And that's in some ways that's a lot, like you know, that's a that's a heftily priced NFT. But at at the same time, like, have you looked at what OpenSea's making? <laughs> right. Like, right. This right, is a right. very is, small amount of their is, income. Yeah.
1: When I saw this project, I was like, wait, the respective uh, marketplaces should absolutely just straight oh, up, 100 percent, purchase these. Yeah. 100%. Are- Yeah, I would really like to see that.
2: And it would be amazing to have Rarible like turn around and be like, you know what, we were wrong. Uh, You Mm -hmm. know, we shouldn't have put this on the individual to fix this. This is, you know, a half million dollars. We're really happy to sink into sort of, Making amends here and maybe they even want to pay more. It's going to be an auction. It's not going to be a single price. Like if they want to pay more, like that's something tech companies do all the time. One of the, one of the organizations I'm working with on the carbon removal side is called Tradewater. They do refrigerant management, which is like these super deadly greenhouse gases that are like 10,000 times worse than co2 by weight when they leak into the atmosphere from like these rusting containers that have been decommissioned they just are massively damaging the environment and so trade water goes in tracks them down and destroys them properly and I just went on a collections run with them last week so they're fresh in my mind and they were telling me on this collections run that like a lot of the tech companies they work with don't just do like a 1x offset on their emissions they'll do like a 30x offset you wow. know so they're really going above and beyond in a way way that it's not really even a question anymore of like whether the offset sort of quote works or not. It's more a question of like, this is how important of a thing is this to do and how can we fund it? And maybe it's the people who are high emitters that need to be funding this stuff. So I'd love to see Bull step in. I'd love to see foundation step in and just drop half a million dollars to make this right, or at least address it.
0: And then, so, so that's the one that's, that you're doing with foundation is that right and
2: then so I'm, yeah so there's three so there's oh, right yeah. now there's OpenSea, Rarible, and foundation yeah I'd love to get some can more describe places involved
0: the, can you describe the other CO2 removal yeah, Exactly. Processes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So there's three partners Tradewater, who I just mentioned doing refrigerant management. They've been doing it for years and they're super successful. They've removed millions of tons of CO2 equivalent gases from the atmosphere. Wow. Which is like unheard of. Like hardly anything operates at that scale.
0: Yeah.
2: Some of it is going directly to the cap and trade market, which means that kind of what's happening is that the refrigerants are sort of being replaced with CO2, which is sort of a net zero effect. It's like not really accomplishing anything. But it actually is accomplishing something too, in that you can't really remove refrigerants from the atmosphere once they're there, but you can remove CO2. So there oh. are there's some other benefits to these processes that aren't really like what most people know about carbon offsets is that they're a scam and like planting trees doesn't work. <laughs> which yeah. is yeah. kind of true. Like there's a lot of thing like carbon offsets can be very poorly regulated in some spaces and some countries. And when they are when they don't meet some basic criteria they are really it's really possible that you are overpaying and that the thing is not actually doing what it says it does and that maybe the forest that you paid for is actually just going to burn down in a few years and maybe the trees that were planted all of the money that was supposed to go to planting the trees actually just went to like local <laughs> Someone who like locally embezzled it for themselves and like, <laughs> oh, crea- or, no. yeah. or created like a monoculture and destroyed the local ecosystem. And like, so there's, there are a lot of problems with some types of carbon removal and sequestration, especially around tree planting. But that doesn't mean that the concept as a whole is like a kind of something we can just write off. Like a lot of these things like refrigerant management have to happen now. Or as soon as possible and we need to find ways to fund it and if it's through this kind of concept of offsets i'm totally fine with that i think it's we can accomplish something here it would be way better if we didn't have to sell them as offsets but it still has to happen so the other two partners one of them's doing something more experimental and the other one's doing another thing that's like kind of more in this category of something we need to be doing regardless so that is the experimental one is this organization called project vesta they basically make this They're researching something called coastal weathering, which is where you take this green sand called olivine, which is super abundant mineral, and you toss it in the ocean and the wave action basically like erodes the olivine. And in that process, it captures CO2 from the ocean. And when you capture CO2 in the ocean, something else great happens, which is the ocean's acidity goes down. Mm -hmm. So they deacidify and remove carbon dioxide in the same step. Yeah. And... And then it just basically it's like this bicarbonate that just sinks to the bottom of the ocean, and, and then it's used by mollusks and other kind of creatures to like build their shells, which is something that th- these shells have been like very weak, and it's like kind of destroying some of the. F-
1: totally, I heard about that.
2: Yeah, the ecosystem. So, so it's
0: it's experimental in what way? Just yes. Yeah. It-
2: so it's experimental because this process of olivine weathering actually happens naturally on a lot of beaches around the world where there's these like green sand beaches it's literally just the sand is olivine and when the waves hit it it's capturing co2 like there's natural direct air capture on the planet right now it's something people don't realize on these beaches like there's literally co2 being captured but what they're looking into is whether it's possible to scale this up and what the actual economics of it are yeah yeah and So the mineral, olivine is really abundant in the, in the earth, like the upper crust or upper mantle is like upper crust, upper crust is like half olivine. It's like super abundant. So finding it's not difficult. The yeah. question is more like if we mine it and ha- and then get it to the ocean, like right. what's that process what like? And what effects does it have on anomalies. like, yeah, what ha- f- effects does it have on the local ecosystem? So, right, right. <laughs> what,
0: what, what would be the unintended, is that what you just said, like unintended consequences? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, anomalies.
2: exactly. Yeah. All these kinds of like, I mean, in, in some ways it's a bioengineering project. Totally. It's, or You know, it's like we're going to make a very, kind of targeted see, injection we're gonna see yeah. the
0: sky exactly oh, yeah. We're gonna block out the sun yeah, that's yeah. Really
2: like- so they're really but, operating at a small scale right now they're working right? in like yeah. massachusetts and new york oh, doing boy. like they're doing 10 they're doing 10 tons of co2 removal in massachusetts near uh with woods hole at this like salt marsh to see oh, cool. what happens when you do this in a kind of marshy environment I wonder if that'll make the
1: oysters better
2: yeah it's <laughs> i mean you give them bare shells <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're doing one near Southampton on Long Island um, which will be six hundred fifty tons which is super interesting because some of these like towns are already seeing the are already seeing damage from climate change with the rising sea levels and the mm-hmm. storms so what they've been doing is adding sand to their beaches and Project Vesta found out about this, and they're like, well, what if we just use some olivine yeah. in that sand? Yeah. It's and just sand, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, now huh. it's like kind of two for one. Like, they get to protect the towns, and they also get to remove some CO2 in one go. Nice. Yeah. So, they're basically doing this and tracking it really carefully and looking at the effect on the local ecosystem. And Yeah. Because you can't do this, like, evenly across the whole ocean. You've got to do it in some specific places. And Totally. Right, there's still lots of It is
1: like a bioengineering thing. It's also done with like care and conscience yeah. and tracking, which is not what you can say about the rest of human activity, which is also <laughs> bio, bioengineering, but without care. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I
2: mean, I, that said, like if you if you look into the history of bioengineering there's a <laughs> most of it's been done with like a well-intended
1: <laughs> right, uh, yeah. right, goals, right, right. everyone know, has so. a good intention and they in- introduce <laughs> a predator and now the ecosystem is falling apart yeah, yeah it's one of the famous examples is like there are no animals you can remove without like changing something except for mosquitoes right we can yeah we can misqui- like, in
2: some places like you know mosquitoes were introduced to hawaii by colonizers and if you got rid of mosquitoes in hawaii it would probably be totally fine
1: <laughs> wow i would move there instantly wow
2: yeah
0: there's a <laughs> yeah. nice yeah yeah
2: there's a nice uh book about this kind of topic of geoengineering from elizabeth colbert called under a white sky the nature of the future mm. and She talks just about all of these different examples of, like, people throwing iron filings into the ocean, like you were just joking about, Jonathan, or talking about, you know, trying to remove one invasive species with, like, another invasive species and how that plays out. And then how eventually you, like, get to some final point where you've, like, electrified the rivers to keep them from moving across, (laughs) you know, some boundary. yeah. Yeah. Wild.
0: Isn't there One a Simpsons that- episode about, about the, about like they brought the snakes and then they got the monster. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And
1: you keep bringing yeah. things in to yeah. solve the other yeah. thing. Yeah. Yes, totally. That's yeah. That's good. a
2: classic example from India where it's like, there was, yeah, there is this, uh, yeah, it's also a good, like negative incentives example where it was like, they were trying to get rid of the snakes and so they started paying people to like, bring them dead snakes and then it's like everyone just started breeding snakes (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious wow Yeah. One so the third I one. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Right,
1: that's right. No, I forgot about the third one. No, no, yeah, no. Sure. Yeah, okay. yeah, so the, third,
2: so one, the yeah. third partner here, their name's uh, Nori and you might've even heard of them mm-hmm. or spoken with mm-hmm. them before because they're kind of in the crypto space. And I wanted to work with somebody who was kind of thinking about this in crypto, which is really kind of fraught and complicated in its own way. The idea of like sort of putting a number on this and then speculating about it or putting a number on it and embedding it in these financialized markets. But what The reason I wanted to work with Nori is because Right now, their proposition is really simple. Basically, they're working with farmers across the U.S. who are changing the way that they farm to this technique called regenerative agriculture. And by changing the way that you farm kind of away from industrial agriculture to regenerative agriculture, you can sink a lot more CO2 into the soil. And it turns out it's also way better for the soil health. It makes better plants. It's a little bit more consistent uh, year over year. Sometimes it takes a little bit more work or you have to like, deal with the complexity of like actually paying attention to what's happening on your farm instead of just sort of like constantly injecting nitrogen into the soil but yeah the i i was really interested in this regenerative idea and i think it's exciting that nori is selling these carbon offsets for these regenerative practices on a blockchain where or on on the blockchain on on uh, i think they're on ethereum right now <laughs> but yeah to, to sell this in a way that other people can get access to it and i think actually rarible yeah so rarible is partnered with nori so when you buy uh-huh. when you buy yeah. one of those offsets for your that's nft what you're doing. that's what you're doing you're basically paying a farmer to plant cover crops and not till their soil you're literally like paying for there to be more microbes in the soil that are sinking more carbon from the air into the soil. Totally. Yeah. And it's yeah, yeah, it's an amazing process and it's something that was happening a lot like before before industrial agriculture arrived and we started to understand some of the basics of like how soil fertility works. And yeah, it's something we need to get back to. Um, that's why I was kind of lumping it in with the same category of trade water being like something we just have to be doing.
0: Something that needs to be done anyway. Right. Yeah. Like just regardless. Yeah. So to describe the, the pieces themselves, right? Mm-hmm. they are three, like there's three like glass boxes. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I've been each calling is, them blocks. <laughs> each is blocks. a glass. Oh, right. There's a block. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, filled wow. with the thing. That you know, so the. the Yeah, so there's
2: some the material st- artifact from the removal or reduction process. And these
0: exist. These are physical things that you made. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I don't think anybody can see this because you and I see each other, but I'll show you a little sneak peek. So, like, here's the olivine one. Oh, so I've got, oh, like, wow. it's really heavy wow. and it's wow, filled. Cool. is a delightful with this. object. Yeah, it's really yeah. nice. It's this very slightly green color uh-huh. and it's just a little bit different from sand in this weird way. And I worked with. Uh, glassblower here in LA, Kazuki Takazawa to craft these objects. They're each kind of done by hand and they've got all these like interesting imperfections and ripples in them. And uh, yeah, they're just beautiful. And then the digital NFT was made with Robert Hodgen, who's a digital artist who also goes by Flight 404. He's been in this space for a long time. He was like a big inspiration for me getting into this in like the early 2000s. He's been, he started with like Flash and moved to processing and Cinder. And like now he's a Houdini guy and like, He does a little bit of everything, and um, his work is always super beautiful. So I was like, this is exactly the person I need to make, like, a beautiful, shiny NFT. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, yeah. So are they digital
0: representations of those? They're
2: digital representations. So what you see on the site is the digital render, which was made at the same time as this physical object. And I wanted to really let them both have their own kind of life, but sort of be reflections of each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'll do a reveal of these, like physical objects in another few weeks once i've got to keep the momentum up at, because i of course, no one of knows course. when the merge is happening so yes <laughs> yes right. oh so, does this
1: go on auction so,
2: exactly the, oh of so course the idea that's is, the point at which it ends yes yeah it, oh, the emissions will then end you'll know you'll happens. know what the right, price right. you'll know
0: what the full price exactly right. of open seas nft carbon contribution will be I at love, the moment at total what is that yeah. total difficulty at that moment yeah or at the final block height
2: yeah when yeah,
0: things exactly. switch, I, because and I love how it's tied to that moment because yeah,
1: that's just really from great. a
0: nerd point of view. That is like such a and a Ethereum point of view. That is that is yeah. like maybe the most,
1: natural the yeah.
0: most momentous moment so right. digital like, 100%. Yeah.
2: yeah, and it's also if you. If you look into the climate space, everyone will tell you, like, that one of the problems with offsets is that they've mostly been used by major polluters to avoid making reductions, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And to the extent that they do that, they are a big problem. Like, if they are the thing that's keeping us from making the reductions that need to happen, it doesn't matter if we're offsetting it. Like, like, buying time is not the same as, like, making change. So, that's one of the other reasons I've kind of, like, held these hostage in a way and said, Mm -hmm. you know, these aren't (laughs) available for sale until the reduction reductions happen is because yes. I don't want to be here saying like, oh, you know, we can just right. keep offsetting everything. This is really like it's not the way that we can think about the climate. We've got to make the reductions first and then offset after. I yeah. love
0: that. So yeah, like potentially like that moment that the merge happens, you know, Ethereum will go from using the, the energy of Massachusetts or Ecuador right. to using, you know, the equivalent of like a Google just twenty thousand computers. Something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and something then, very and then, small. And then in that moment, hopefully, OpenSea Rareable and Foundation, hopefully, or someone yeah. will purchase these NFTs yeah. with which the whatever nineteen million dollars will mm-hmm. go straight into these into each of these carbon capture things mm-hmm. and and we will all have collectively atone <laughs> yeah. For, <laughs> yeah i mean amends. i mean that's true like, right it's a, yeah. it is
2: a kind of reparations and that I'm cautious like the the reason that this is called amends is because I want to present that as the kind of like I was saying this mirror to what everybody believes it's not really clear to me if we can sort of make amends yeah. in that way yeah sure it's not sure. quite so simple like in some way a lot of damage has already been done like there is the time in which these emissions have been in the atmosphere there's the infrastructure that's been built up to support them like this is not something that maybe you can just throw money at and have it go away, but that's sort of how crypto generally thinks about things and sort of capitalism more broadly. It's like you throw money at problems and then that's how you fix them. And, and ultimately yeah.
0: it's more of a, of a spotlighting, you know, it's, it's an attempt on your part to, to, to just get to us highlight. to think about this. Exactly. And highlight yeah. Totally. It and, yeah. Be, right.
2: and hopefully raise some money for these organizations that are doing right, really right. important things. So I don't want to discount that, but I, I am totally. uh, yeah, I I don't want to... When I frame this as being like, here's the way that we fix this, Yeah, I'm not saying I think this will fix it. I'm saying that right. this is how we've described fixing things up to this point. <laughs> Can we have a better discussion? I'm not sure, actually. There's a lot of things... I mean, this... I started thinking about this project around the same time I was reading this book called The Color of Law, which is about housing discrimination, history of mm. s- uh, housing segregation in the United States. And they talk about redlining, um, you know, where banks would not allow black people to buy houses and or get loans for houses in specific areas. They talk about yeah. restrictive covenants where there would be something in the actual contract of home purchase that says, you know, black people are not allowed to purchase this home in, at any point in the future. They talk wow. about all of these different kind of institutions and regulations and policies that have historically done this disservice to to black people and created a lot of the wealth disparity that we see today in the United Mm -hmm. States. Mm -hmm. And in this book, the author really focuses on how even when those systems have changed, you know, even when redlining was made illegal in different places at different times, actually the fallout of the damage from that is never fixed. Remains, it right, right. Remains. It remains, exactly. To this day. Yeah. To this day, yeah. And when I read that, I was like, damn, this is exactly what happens in tech, too. We have this kind of move mm-hmm. fast, break things ethos. And then we're <laughs> when someone's like, uh, you just broke something, you're like, yeah, yeah, but we're going to do it better next time. And you're like, but there's some broken glass on the floor broken, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, 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 but just keep moving with us, you know, just forget <laughs> about that. And right. I feel like when I look at Ethereum, it's like, damn, this is really going to be a stain on the history of the arts, it's going to be a stain on the history of tech. It's like, and Bitcoin too, it's, we're going to look back and be like, I can't believe we were okay with that. It was, yeah. you know, yeah. when proof of stake seems to be working fine, like it's proof of stake networks are doing like a third the transaction volume as Ethereum right now. Like this very moment. So there's clearly trust and some viability there just from this emissions perspective. So I don't know. I think we'll look back and say, wow, we should have not only switched away sooner if we if there was any way to do that, but we really need to do something about this. And I I think there's a bigger discussion to have about the entire history of Ethereum's emissions as well beyond just these NFT marketplaces.
1: Mm. Yeah. To your point though, yeah, I don't know if the merge could have been done any earlier though in a Man, it doesn't seem slow like and it. <laughs> don't break things kind of way. Like the the great joke of course is that it's always been a month away, but I'm kind of glad that it was a month late and not a month early in that like security confidence kind of guarantee cuz they really get one shot. I mean, maybe they there's another shot. shot, but they get one shot. Yeah. And to move a well, what was previously like a trillion dollar chain or whatever in one shot, I'm like, I'm glad it, I'm glad we feel free to push the thing back a little bit.
0: I want to say that if we can raise $40 million to buy the constitution.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. We should be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I think, totally. I
0: think that well, there should I be think, a party Dow, you know, a party Dow bid yeah. to, to, and then we should pressure Alex from OpenSea yeah, totally. to like get OpenSea throw to throw in. in a huge amount right, into the yeah. party bid. What? I was gonna say yeah.
1: I think a competing a competing exchange should buy open seas as a flex. I love <laughs> it!
0: Oh my now, god! Oh, yeah, oh, that's funny. Oh, that's
1: oh my god! I somehow I did not <laughs> have yeah. that idea before, yeah. and now Yeah, like Lucent wow. should buy the open sea one. Oh, that's like, so true. We take on your debt. We'll, yeah. we'll, yeah. Oh, yeah. we'll take god. it from here. <laughs> like you've done your job, old timer. <laughs> oh my God. That's such a good idea. Wow. If That's you got to look a for
0: a idea. contact,
2: I'm ready to play them off each other. Let's go. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, get them to
0: fight. Yeah. Get them in a bidding war, right? There get we them go. Get a war, of yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Like super rare should buy foundations and stuff yeah. like
0: that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, super rare is an interesting story. I mean, there's a reason for the, you know, super rare nifty gateway art blocks. There's reasons that each of them are not listed here. And each of them are different reasons, actually. So, mm-hmm. art blocks, for example, art blocks has actually purchased all of their offsets already. Yeah. Art blocks has yeah. purchased about 30,000 tons in CO2 offsets, which is probably at least a few hundred thousand dollars depending on how they did it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that corresponds to my best guess of what their emissions are at this moment and yeah. that's great like they're trying to do something about it and they put some money behind that without even like making a big deal about it actually yeah yeah
0: yeah I you don't hear about, about that, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah on
2: the other hand like nifty gateway is really interested yeah. in doing you know talking about this and doing yeah. like a carbon yeah. drop releases but yeah. when they raise millions of dollars they end up putting them not towards any kind of actual yeah. material things that are happening in the world they put them towards supporting um nonprofits that are building software for climate organizations for example like that's what the last big nifty gateway hmm. drop was designed to do and they i mean i'm a i'm a little salty about it because they ended they even used some of my research to say like oh we've done the right amount of work like we raised the right amount of money for the damage that right. we have done you know without uh, actually without yeah. actually putting the money towards something that has a Direct right. impact. I really, Col- you know, Nifty Colour- Gateway. Color me surprised. Yeah, word. Nifty Gateway. If you're yeah. listening, like, I still want to talk to you. Like, <laughs> we can make this right. Let's do it. Like, uh, <laughs> let's get in touch. We'll get we'll get you on the site. Super Rare has their own story, which is you know they have really gone through a lot of kind of infrastructure transitions and governance transitions since this Mm -hmm. project started. And it's just, I've just been unable to get kind of presence with them because of the way that infrastructure has changed. So I'm still interested Mm in all of these other platforms. There's some smaller ones too, Known Origin, Maker's Place, which Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. had they used to be kind of more competitive but they still have a yeah. long long tail of activity mm-hmm. and yeah i would love to have all of them involved because i see this as a group effort but yeah it's complicated oh foundation's really the only closed platform that came, that i was able to talk with and they were like yes we want to do this so i have a lot of respect for that well you have a lot cool. of um
0: you have a lot of crossover with right. a bunch of people yes. right from foundation right yeah yeah that yeah. was
2: helpful Lindsay Howard I specifically like, when she was working right. there, she mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. she helped me out. We were both kind of in the same New York art scene in like the right. early 2010s. Yeah.
0: Nice. I feel like we could probably, I mean, we know the super rare guys. We, we may be able to yeah, like totally. give them a nudge. I just uh, went to uh, the
1: super rare gallery and, um, oh, saw their, cool. saw their names on the guest list. It was, or yeah. the <laughs> you know, the write-in book. And that was quite fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. I saw yeah. John briefly at, uh, at, NFT NYC. That was fun to see him, but mm. but yeah, we can. Um,
2: yeah, I should be I there know. by the way this year at NFT oh, NYC. So can... I'm I'm uh, going to oh, nice. haunting it.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we Matt oh, and I were a... just texting about it. It's like I'm like oh, I really don't want to go, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's the um, URL? Is it tokenart dot something or other? If you're listening to this podcast, you're invited. Tokenart.nyc. NYC. It'll be the only good. And not to, not to say the only one. It'll be the good NFT unconference during that time period. So, yeah, if you're if you're listening to Digitally Rare, please, please do come. Friend of friend of mine, Stevie P is organizing along Love with other people.
0: Former, but, former, uh, former guest, friend of the show.
1: Yes. Check out the stevie. Kyle,
0: Pud. thank you so much for joining us. This was a fascinating and wide ranging conversation. I really yeah. enjoyed it. If people want to find the project, what's the best way to find the, the project?
2: Yeah, go to amends.eco, which is a whole funny story in itself, how you get a .eco domain name. You have to, like, sign a pledge <laughs> that you're going to, like, be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's cool. But, yeah, go to amends.eco, and you can find me on Twitter at K-C-I-M-C, and I'm ready to... Uh, I'll be I'll be kind of sharing more updates from my Twitter as the project continues.
0: You can follow Matt as ever at one of the many mats. You can follow me at Song of the Man. Thanks again, Kyle. This was really great. Matt, you want to take us out?
1: Until season three, which is next month, I hear. Get nifty, everybody. Get nifty. Get nifty.